Hello and welcome to episode 15 of the Coventry Sphinx podcast. If you're new to the show, this is the official podcast of Coventry Sphinx Football Club, who play at step five of non-league football in England. The idea is to shine a light on the reality of non-league and to use our club as a vehicle to explore what happens week by week. So, while we do talk about our own games, we try to go one step further and discuss the universal issues that come up along the way. My name is Chris Nee, I'm a Sphinx supporter first and foremost, I'm also the editor of our official matchday programme. As we go through the season, I'll be talking to players and officials at the club, but more often than not I'll be talking to Sean Thomas, who's one of the joint first team managers, and that's what's to come in this episode. We spoke after Sphinx's 1-0 friendly win over Bedworth United at the end of pre-season, with our first game in a whole new league just a few days away. Naturally, I wanted to get the inside track as the 21-22 season begins. So here's me, with Sean, after our last pre-season friendly. We're on the cusp of a new season and we've got a lot to catch up on. Uh, so let's start on familiar territory, Sean. We've had a funny couple of years. There's more of that to come, probably. But tell me about this this summer. I've asked you this question so many times already. Has this finally been something approaching a normal pre-season? It has, yeah. Um, so we come back really quite early. We've gave ourselves nearly eight or maybe nine full weeks. And I can remember thinking at the start, it, it's quite protracted and quite an extended pre-season. But I think we we had to do it. I think there was a, a first couple of sessions where you're just finding your feet again and just trying to get yourself back together. And then we've been able to really nail down and all, all the pre-seasons have been excellent, to be fair. It's, a, it's been really smooth and... Um, I think the lads have enjoyed it. If you ask them, um, it's been a lot of uh, a lot of hard work, but hopefully at the end of it, we can see that we've made progress both on and off the pitch. And yeah, it's, it, it's it felt like a pre-season for once, um, considering we've had disrupted two years. We've played quite a lot of friendlies, but quite a range of friendlies as well. How did you pick the teams that we were going to play against through this nine-week period? So um, naturally, I think you always try and build it up to a degree of playing against what you are going to be playing week in, week out. We we took some friendlies, just uh, very much of a social media scene. Someone wanted a friendly and they're all good friendlies. We, we split squads, a few of them, where we go and play some teams who are... Uh, good sides, a couple of leagues below, but you take over and it, it provides your challenges because you have to again get 28, 29 lads together and you just give everyone a fair opportunity to play in a, a full 90 minutes and then you start building it up. So we went to Copswood, we went to Loughborough Uni, um, we, had a, we threw one in midweek against Conventions, which was a good workout as well and then obviously Bedworth today. And today was the culmination of pre-season. We always kind of build up to this last game in July as the game where we see something approaching the first team. Um, and go out and play a proper football match. And it was a really solid, impressive performance, I thought. Another win against them, which is always nice, but performance in which I felt we were comfortable throughout, even with 10 men for quite a decent period of the game. Yeah, definitely. And I think if you, um, if you, you we're, we're almost two weeks ahead of them, so that I don't think they go off until the second or third week of August, uh, second week of August, I should say. So that does provide some different um different challenges for them that we're there meeting us three four days out from our first game so I thought we were very good I thought we we were yeah up to speed very quickly we controlled the controlled the game for large parts I thought um, we we nullified some of their threats and winning at 1-0 um, I think we come out we miss a penalty we miss a great chance could quite easily be 2-3-0 but we've used 18 lads again today we went down to 10 men um, and actually at the time you might not think about it like this but actually it was quite a good little exercise in getting 10 men behind the ball some square pegs in some round holes but again yeah they didn't give away many chances and whilst you don't, you don't get any points for pre-season it was pleasing to watch Is that a welcome change to go to 10 men in pre-season because we've had the last time we attempted a proper pre-season we had a red card that was very different and while I don't expect you to comment on the actual red card incident today is it something that you as a coach on the sideline see as an opportunity to try something out with the players? Definitely and I think in some ways it, it galvanises your team which you don't always get so when we're 
starting off that second half, you, you're in charge, you're in control, you get the penalty, you think you go 2-0 up. And we spoke to them at half-time about just extending that lead. It's an area for us to work on when we've when we had teams, I don't want to say beat, but we've had we've been in front in games and what you just need to then is go and cement that that lead. And we haven't done that, we've missed chances galore. Um, and I thought we come out and played really well second half. We moved the ball, the lads that came on moved the ball really quickly. And yeah, once you get the red, red card, it, t- it changes the whole dynamic of the game and it just allows them to build pressure. It allows the full-backs to get out. It allows our, we had to, we had to have Mo Billy playing left wing back, you know, so it just changes everything. And whilst it's not ideal because you want to keep 11 lads on the pitch, it just means that you just get this little bit of a, a siege mentality and you just work hard for each other. And they were buzzing in the change rooms at the end of the game because I think they're, they're a new group together, although we've got a core of lads that are been here for a while. There are some new faces and then that little bit of extra belief will go a long way. Let's talk about those new faces because we've played this pre-season with a squad that's had for us recently a relatively high turnover of players not massive but we've got some some new lads in yeah so we've uh, been very very fortunate I want to just say to the lads that have stuck around they are they're, they're easy, really easy to work with they they are spot on the, the core of that 14 15 who have stuck around through when we first took over which was a tough time um you can't fault them you know they they, they are um, really really supportive and they've always got your back so I can't I cannot fault uh, talk about the new lads without saying about the old lads first because that it makes it easy the new lads that have come in we obviously lost lost two, three, three or four during pre-season and a couple of the younger lads who have gone off and played the football elsewhere. So we had to backfill a little bit and we've got a young youth team this year, so possibly not quite as ready as what they were last year. So we've had to try and get a squad of 21, 22. So um, looking at coming in, we've got... um, unfortunately with the situation at GMP we picked up a couple of lads from there Cavi and, and Reed, and um, Cavi's come in and he's um, been excellent he's, I don't think he's playing in his natural position yet but really really good utility player um, Reed has come in as well a really well stocked midfield we've got Jared Bradshaw who's coming from Bedworth people like Harry Wilson and Jamie Draper have, have been properly promoted from the youth team um, and then obviously Harvey Smith who, who come one training session before the COVID lockdown started he, he feels like a new sign as well. We've got a couple more. Callie Stewart, lovely, lovely little player. Um, Leo Stone, lovely little player as well. So they're, they're going to make up the bulk of our squad this year. And I hope I haven't missed anyone off. I can't think of... Oh, Harry Holloway as well is coming from Heather. Um, so really good football players. So I think what we noticed last year is that to a man, we can always count on everyone to dig in and to be really um, hard to beat. But you don't win leagues necessarily with just being hard to beat. So we had to try and improve um, our, our quality on the ball. And... Hopefully, we've got a good mix now and the the, um, the competition for places is really full on. Um, it provides a lot of headaches and I think we just said to them, just be nice and honest with us and we'll be nice and honest with you. And hopefully, as a, as a squad, we don't, we're not planning on making any big changes. This is us now, hopefully, for at least that big start to the season and there will always be drifting there'll always be a few that'll have to go off and play football elsewhere but um, we're really satisfied where we are and as you said we've done a pre-season now you don't win anything for pre-season but we're unbeaten and it's a good feeling around we've also got an addition to the first team coaching staff and Nigel Starkey's been around the club and he knows as much as anyone about Coventry Sphinx and most recently was working with our very successful youth team what are you looking to to get from Nigel in the first team setup yes Nigel's brilliant so Nigel is a coach at heart he's very knowledgeable about football and what he does do on a match day and at training days historically me and John would would take on all of that responsibility with some support of Chris and Jim and, and people like that but we'd be out setting up the warm-up whilst we were talking to lads while we were going back in doing team talks and pack, uh, packing away the warm-up so he's provided in the very simplest terms an, uh, an excellent pair of hands to take that pressure off us and what's that that's enabled us to do is during the pre-season um, sessions he's talked to lads individually which we we knew we weren't doing 
enough of. And so, yeah, so Norwich was great to have around. He was late today. He read the text <laughs> wrong, so he's paid his five already into the finals list. So, yeah, he's a really welcome addition to the side. Was he here before Jamie Draper, at least? He was here before Jamie Draper, but he wasn't here until I rang him to say that you're an hour late, Nigel. So, yeah, but no, he's brilliant. He's, he knows the club inside out as well, and he's got a lot of respect of the lads. And when he talks, it's it's something worthwhile. He doesn't talk a, a great, you know, he's not like a massive shout or a rant or anything, but when he talks, people listen. This is a historic season for us because we're going from the Midland League into the newly formed All Sport United Counties Premier Division South, which means we'll be heading to Lutterworth, Market Harbour, Biggles Wade, loads of new places in a whole new direction, really. And much further afield than that. Now, we've had plenty of discussions as supporters and as people around the club as to what that means for us. But how does it affect you as the joint manager of the first team? What's your outlook on the move? So, yeah, so when it was first announced, I think there's a lot of um, repetition. We had two years of aborted seasons or uh, nullified seasons. Um, and then obviously the seasons before that, there, there isn't a great amount of movement out of the Midlandfield, like all the leagues at our level. So it becomes a bit of a Groundhog Day situation where you know you're going to places, they're going to have the song side. And I think what the move originally did is it piques your interest and think, oh, you know what, this might be really interesting. It might be exciting. And then some of the realities set in that when we have a few lads move on, naturally we've been pulling from the West Midlands of lads that you you know or you've heard of or your contacts are recommending. Um, that provided some challenges because then what you're having to do is ask those lads to not only come to 45 minutes to commentary, but then go another hour and 15. So that may, essentially made that um, impossible, um, not, lo- not logistically possible anyway and so that means that you have to start looking east a little bit more you know very little about the pool of players there we've tried to tap into some people that have watched UCL uh, a lot more than what we would have done and yeah there's there's some familiar faces and some familiar names um, but I couldn't tell you who plays up front for Biggles Wade or anyone like that you know so um, yeah that'll provide some challenges but at the same time you've got no you, you, you go over and you respect the opponent but you've got nothing to be fearful of that must make a bit of a change as to how you approach each game individually as well because as you say you know that if you're going to Warsaw Wood or Lytown, you've got a pretty strong view on what it is that's going to be there to face you when you get there. And you won't have that through at least this season. So do you try and solve that conundrum or do you just go in with an open mind? I think it's really easy just to fall into the week by week. And so it's really difficult then to do your groundwork. But I think it would be silly not to ask people questions who have been involved. But also you can't pin it too much. So if someone was to describe what Comptry Sphinx was all about two seasons ago, if someone was coming into the MFL, it wouldn't be the same uh, same side as what Comptry Sphinx are now. So you can't put every all your waiting on it. You can't put all your, um, all your, all your preparation into what someone said someone was like last year. But it, you have to try and find out who, who people Ah, uh, what they play. They, obviously, it's something as simple as do they play on the 3G, 4G or on a grass pitch? Does it slope or whatever? Um, so you've got to do a little bit of due diligence. But again, at the minute, they're just squad lists. Um, and I couldn't tell you who plays for, for 90, 90% of the side. So it provides us with an excited opportunity, I think. I think it's exciting. It's certainly interesting. As a, I'm not a ground hopper, but I like to go around non-league ground supporting this club. It will change a few things though. And I don't want to ask you what your targets are for the season. I know you won't tell me. I know you might not have a target for the season as a whole anyway. Has the change in division altered how you're viewing the season and how you, what you want to achieve from the season? Um, yes and no. So so we've been, I mean, if you want to look back at the last couple of seasons when we've been involved, we've been very comfortably mid-table. So we're, we're in that bracket of 6 to 12. So if you have a good season, you push on and you might get 7th, 8th place. If you have a, a slightly worse than average season, you get sort of 12th, 13th place. So we have averaging about 1.4 points, 1.4 points a game which gets you that comfy mid-table. When you start looking at trying to get top six, you had to have, have to add about 0.3 of a, a point onto every game that you pick up and you have to start 
breaking into 70, 80 points a season. That's a tough ask for anybody. So it'll be really silly of me to set any expectations to say we're going to get this amount of points or anything like that because a lot can happen. But uh, we know the MFL is strong. It's, they're always providing quarterfinalists, semi-finalists in the Vars. So, um, and it's a tough slog at times, the MFL. And I'm, I'm sure it's going to be just as tough in the UCL. But yeah, we've got, as, as I said, we've got a good group of lads. We're established at this level. Um, we might, might not win every game, but we're certainly going to go give it a go to win every game and um, just try not and get um, get too caught up in thinking that you're better than what you are or, or worse than what you are and just go and take every game as it comes. Yeah, I think it's really important that we don't go in assuming anything because the one thing I will say about a lot of the teams is they look like the type of teams that might catch you out if you go in thinking that you're, you've won the game before you show up. Absolutely, Chris. And I think if you look at our results over the last couple of seasons, and this, I'll, I'll say teams' names here, but I don't mean any disrespect to any of the teams that I mentioned, but we can go to Newark and beat them 2-1, who were spending a, an absolute fortune on a on a big budget side. And then we can come a cropper against some of the teams at the lower end of our league, who provide you with just as much as a tough test on that given day. So you've got to earn yourself the right to win. And yeah, so I think, like you say, no matter what the form was like for a team last year in the UCL, I don't think it translates to this year. How do you think your opposite numbers at Cookno and Bogbrook St. Michael's would have reacted to the news that Coventry Sinks were dropping into their division? Good question. I'm not too sure on that one. Um, I, I think... I think if you look at both us and Cov United, I think we're both good sides. I think we're both, um, we're certainly Cov United, we're pushing for the top end of the, the MFL and we had aspirations to try and be there as well. So I think when you're looking at um, the sides that they've taken out and put in, I think there's going to be a lot of uh, a lot of tough games. I think people like Leicester Road, who are obviously our opponents in the first game, are going to be a good side. They've historically um, been at the top of that step six league and teams often bounce when they go step six to step five. They can often go step four as well. So, um, yeah, I'm hoping they'll just, if, if anyone was going to be listening to this, that we're a hard working side. If you want to come and take the three points and you need to work hard against us. So, um, yeah, I'm hoping that they'll, they'll give us the respect that we'll give them, but that we're a good side. Having said all that, the first two games of the season are against teams we know reasonably well. The first one is, say, Leicester Road in the league. Then we play, uh, we've played Sporting Council two times a season, four times in, in one season, not too long ago, um, in the extra preliminary round of the FA Cup. So Leicester Road first up. Is it a bonus to not be going into that first league game against a total unknown quantity? It adds, to be fair, we've been talking about it quite a lot, it adds a degree of pressure because it's on your doorstep it's one of the teams that you have got a bit of knowledge about and you know they're going to be good so it's a bit of a yardstick of where you are in your in your journey as well so we, we beat them a couple of years I think three years ago now in the league cup but I know they've come on a long time since then but that's our real only interactions with them so you've got to be a good side to get out of that league below so I'm hoping that we'll go to them we were very good well I think we're very good at times away from home when there's a, there's a bit of pressure on on the other side um, so they're, they're going to be wanting to start well and so hopefully they, they feel that pressure as well and then we've got Sporting Calso who as I say we've played a lot recently um, but they've been promoted now so we're away against step four opponents in the cup which not the draw we would have asked for but a nice test early on. We sat the, next, uh, the night before, Chris, talking about the, the 18 or so teams that were coming into the, um, the cup at our round. And obviously, Kelsey was about the only one in our geogra geographical location. And we thought, oh, it would just be your luck to get Kelsey away. But you know what? It, like we've seen today, Bedford an established step four. So you don't go into these um, games fearing them by any means. But you know that if you go in and you, if you're going to take the victory, you're going to have to be at your very best. Thanks as always to Sean for this week's chat. Coventry Sphinx have those two matches against Leicester Road and Sporting Calsa, and then we're back at Sphinx Drive for our first home game in the UCL on Tuesday the 10th of August. 
Peterborough Northern Star will be our next visitors on Saturday the 14th of August and we'd love to see as many of you there as possible. I'll be back with another episode at some point in the next few weeks to assess our hectic starts of the season with the people whose challenge it is to navigate it. See you then.